You're listening to The Nerd Table on CKCC Radio, starring Dan Peck. Have you seen the card for the New Japan show tomorrow? It's going to be sweet. Eric Flores. Wait a second. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, go ahead. And CKCC Radio's founder, Chris O'Mealy. Breaking news. I have a crush on Sasha Banks. Listen to CKCC Radio wherever you find your favorite podcast. Hello again, everybody, and welcome back to the Nerd Table. I am Chris, and I am joined by Dan and Eric, as always. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello, hello. gentlemen. <laughs> All your base are belong to us. As we are recording this, it is the 13th of November, which means that Dan, who absolutely loves watching this every year, has already watched a significant amount of Desert Bus for Hope. And I actually did watch the very start of it when it began the other night. I watched about a half hour to 45 minutes before I was just like, well, I got to get up for work tomorrow. So that's your bus for hope. This is the 15th one. It's every year. These group of, uh, there's this group called winning ready run. They're in the Island of Vancouver in Canada, in Victoria specifically. And they're a group of friends that uh, two of them, two friends decided to make a comedy group like right after high school. And they're still going now. And they decided to raise money for um, for sick kids and stuff. And they've been doing it for 15 years. And they play the unreleased game Desert Bus from a Penn and Teller collection for Sega CD. It's purposefully bad. You drive from Tucson to Las Vegas in real time. You get capped at 45 miles per hour, and it pulls to the right. So you have to be constantly on the stick. Penn and Teller would make the worst game of all time. Yes. Wow. And it was all in response to when the ESRB stuff happened, and a whole bunch of People who don't know what they were talking about said some stupid shit about video games. And I'm like, video games should only be practical and help people for future life. And I'm like, you want to know what a future life is? Driving a bus for eight hours with nobody in it. I like how the people who said that shit probably loved the game Monopoly. Oh my god. (laughs) I don't understand how that game is so immensely popular when half the time... I, I play it out of necessity because, like, there's a group that's like, let's play Monopoly. I'm like, all right, I'll play Monopoly. And then halfway through, I'm like, why do I even play this game? <laughs> you know that if you if people actually play it according to the rules, it shouldn't take much more than an hour. Yeah, but A, nobody does. Everybody makes up their own rules. I mean, there was a fist fight on The Sopranos because of free parking being used as a with the bank and everything, which isn't even in the rule book. And free parking is just supposed to be a space that you can land where nothing happens to you. I say, well, that's just it. A lot of games, you can just kind of make up your own thing. That's why when Cards Against Humanity came out, they were pretty clear about that in their instruction book. They're like, there are a couple of ways to play this, and here are a few of them. Also, if you'd like to make up your own way, do it. And we encourage that. 
Make up your own rules to a board game. Make up your own board game. I always wanted to make my own board game. But the problem is the game would either be too simple or too complicated. Cause, yeah. Because I don't that, have a middle like, ground. It goes one of those ways, right? Like, it's either simple, like, Monopoly or fucking complicated, like, uh, Settlers of Catan. I was going to say, my idea for a board game is halfway between Candyland and Dungeons and Dragons. I just don't know where it is. <laughs> I feel like we should do that, man. Just have a a, a short D&D game session one day. I ran my first session as a DM on Thursday. How'd you like it? It was much better this time around. The first time I ever DM'd was supposed to be for a bunch of people from the old wrestling group. By the time the session came around, it was Kenny, his girlfriend at the time, and a friend of hers. (laughs) And Kenny wasn't even in the wrestling group. See, I feel like the last time I DM'd, I was... I mean, I was an adult, but I wasn't really an adult. I was in, like, uh, maybe 20, 21. The last time you DM'd would have been at Paul's house, and you were drunk, and Paul was the only one playing the game seriously. Now, when yeah, you said playing like, the game seriously. Well, I mean, who he was the only one who was actually paying attention to, like, the, the, the story of what I was trying to set up. <laughs> Eric was the best DM because he was literally like, I don't know what the fuck, guys. Just, just do whatever you want. <laughs> I just, like, there's a dungeon <laughs> over there. You can go do that if you want. There's some people in town that want you to do some shit. You can do that if you want. Or go to the bar and fucking drink. I don't care. <laughs> and and we did. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, a uh, as much fun... As a D&D session is, my issue, the last time I attempted to play D&D was with a group of people from our our wrestling collection, and I remember by the time we got the game started, we were literally just in one room in a dungeon, and like an hour and a half had gone by, and I'd only had two turns at that point. And I'm not going to say the name of the specific person who was ruining the experience, but... Because Dan probably going to figure out who it is real fast. But I just remember it was it was just very unpleasant. And I'm like, I can't do this. Like, I have to go to bed and go to and get up for work. And I've literally only had two turns. We're nowhere even close to even breaching a room in this dungeon. Like, uh, I think I'm just going to. Yeah, I think I'm just going to have to not play this anymore. And my whole thing is it takes me way too long to even set up a character. Yeah, <clears throat> character creation, but I feel like part of the fun is actual character creation, just like in, in most video games. Yes, but at the same time it gets to it gets to a point where I get I become over it because I have an idea as to what I my, I want my character to be and then it almost never works out. <laughs> Ugh, but I'd be down I've said for a while that we should have formed, uh, we should do like a CKCC radio weekly D&D on Twitch, and that would probably get us a lot of views, and I really think that, uh, I I think there's enough people who'd be interested who could dedicate a time. The only problem is right now, with my, 
fluctuating work schedule, I can't really dedicate anything unless I successfully switch departments, which I want to do, and end up with a steady schedule. But I also really want to do IT work, and we all know how unpredictable that can be, so. But uh, on the subject of doing stuff like this as a group, I want to give a shout out to everyone who participated in Extra Life this past weekend. Sorry, I couldn't make it. That's okay. We had a lot of fun. We had a lot of. <clears throat> I had more fun because you weren't there. No, that's not true. <laughs> Although we I did went f- to, uh, Pat and Oswald, and that was a uh, that was incredible. Yeah, I want to hear about that. But uh, I beat my fundraising goal again for the fourth year in a row. So now I have another number that I have to beat for next year. And the number keeps getting higher, but that's a good thing. And I spoke, I I posted this in our Facebook group. And I know I spoke to one or two people individually about this, but I think that next year for Extra Life Day, we should actually get a couple of us together, physically together, and do a stream like they do with Desert Bus, where we do like a, we'll start with like a 24-hour stream and just go for 24 hours nonstop with obviously like individuals taking breaks, but the stream won't stop. And we can play a thing or several things and raise money that way. Good publicity for the Twitch channel too. So Uh, so if you're all listening to this and you want to be part of that, you got a year to plan. We can even pick a location that's got decent internet and all gather there. That that's the thing. It needs to have decent internet. So, like, our three houses are probably out. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the thing. But we can. But so there, there'll be somebody who's got like really good internet who'd be willing to host us, right? Probably help out with the crew and everything. So. Although, I did just get all the components minus a battery for my backup generator. No, nice. I, I, I'm building this like a solar generator thing. So when the power goes out, it doesn't interrupt me. So I'll still have power and I won't even notice when it comes I mean, to you might still not have Internet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if the tower goes down, there's nothing I can do about that. Whenever you talk about tinkering with stuff, I, I every time you're just like, I'm going to tinker with something. I always think about some. Some of all thrills, and I'm like, ah. I mean, I do get that mad scientist vibe sometimes. (laughs) Well, we're going to see what's going to happen here, folks. (laughs) Exactly. So, yeah, tell us about your uh, comedy show that you went to. Oh, man. So, that that Saturday, we went over towards the... uh, it wasn't in the Fox Theater. There's a theater that's right next to it. It's actually on the other side of like uh, Mom Spaghetti, and uh, we thought Is about it really stop- there at Mom Spaghetti. <laughs> yeah, like it's really right next to the theater. Yeah, I, I really I thought about just getting some, but the line was so long. Even at like before the show, I thought that was the line to get to to go see Pat and Oswald, and I was like, no, that's just the line for Mom Spaghetti. And he, uh, even after the show was over and people were leaving, that line was still there. And I was like, good God, it looks ridiculously long. Like, it, it, like I don't know how long it takes them or how fast they go through that. But the fact that they got a line out in the street that looks like it's going to a very famous theater 
It's kind of ridiculous. But anyway, Patton Oswalt was like, uh, and he was good, man. for a meme restaurant. Right? And I feel like all they serve is spaghetti. That's it. Yeah, they just they have the spaghetti and then the rabbit meatballs, and you can get them together or apart. <laughs> hey, you know, whatever, they, they're making money. Yeah. I bet it's still better than Pasta Mania, brother. <laughs> the, the Hulkaroos. Hulk Hogan's SpaghettiO factory over here. <laughs> oh, jeez. But uh, it, it feels like Patton is going around and building a new show. Like, he's getting ready. Like, you could tell that it's it wasn't 100% ready and, and, and finished. But good God, was what he got was fucking gold. And I think what threw him off is that, you know how you always want your funniest joke to be at the end? Well, something happened in the theater where the midpoint, when he starts talking to the like the people, uh, the the audience basically, um, something happened, and by far the middle of the show was the fucking funniest, and you 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 could not recover from that. Like I don't think there would have been any comedian that could have recovered from that, and it does me no justice because. He was talking to people like, hey, where are you from? What do you do? And then he'll try to make a joke out of it or, you know, try to find something funny or whatever. You know what? That's always the funniest part of the show because it's all improv. Yes. But this improv was fucking awesome. I think that's why why Jeff Dunham does his, like, audience Q&A with whoever his main event puppet is, whether it's Peanut or in in, uh, the show we saw it was Ahmed. And I think that's where that always comes in. It was near the end? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I'm hearing my voice on somebody. I'm echoing. Oh, is it me? Echo, 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 echo. Probably me, this damn headset. That's okay, I'll echo. Echo one. Nah, um, yeah, he did the Q&A with Ahmed. And I remember that was the part we laughed at the hardest, and I'm really glad that was at the end. Well, live and learn. Maybe when he does his live stand-up special with all this material that he's building, he'll uh, he'll put it at the end of the show. Maybe. But, good God. Uh, I, I will just say what happened, at least vaguely, and why he couldn't recover from it. So, he did the show in Detroit. He asked this person where he was from he said columbus ohio the entire audience fucking booed this guy and he's like wait what why why are you booing him and uh everybody's like oh it's a sports thing and then he was just like well look at me does it look like i understand sports (laughs) and uh you know that was funny or whatever and then he just asked him what he did and he was a pediatrician And then he he asked him, what is the weirdest thing that you have seen so far as a pediatrician? And this guy without missing a beat, it was the fucking funniest thing. And he's just like, I have a bunch of teens, no pubes. Teens don't have pubes. <laughs> and Pat is just like, well, like, they're taking that, they're taking those fucking manscaped adds to heart on them podcast Good God. I guess man so yeah uh, I just w- the whole place just started laughing and like 
where do you go from there? Like, you can't. Yeah, I wonder, like, if these guys that do these things and they get like the best crowd thing that they get, and they plant that guy at the special so they can get that. Oh, oh I that's a good I don't idea. Think so, because he spent more time laughing than I think. No, but so, I'm thinking like he goes on tour building the thing. And he goes, and he goes. You know what? The guy that was from Columbus in Detroit, that was the best one. I'm gonna pay him to come when I film the special. Oh yeah, that would be so he can say it again on the special. (laughs) That is a possibility. Hey, as long as it's entertaining, I don't care if it's. Fake. Most of the time, the the jokes are fake anyway. Well, yeah, that that's. I mean, it's yes. The jokes are predetermined, everybody. So yeah. I guess if you hate wrestling, hate fucking stand up. Good analogy. <laughs> you know, that's one of the things I I love to to kick back at with people where they're like, I don't know why you watch wrestling. You know, it's it's fake, right? And I would just go, Why do you watch movies? That's always my my answer to that. And they're like, Uh. Well, it's entertainment. I'm like, yes, this entertains me. But no, no, we're done. We're done here. What's your, what's y'all's favorite movie? Fake. Fake is your favorite movie. (laughs) Passion of the Christ. No. (laughs) You know, you know that wrestling show you watch is fake, right? You just, I, I up the Star Wars t-shirt he's wearing. I'm like, buddy, I got some really bad news for you. Uh, Star Wars is a documentary, and the events happened in real time. <laughs> a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Well, yeah, it takes a while to go through space. Did, did I ever tell you the the story when I was um, training somebody at Interventions, Chris? And I, we were talking about, like, you know how we do the normal thing of, like, oh, hey, what's your favorite Disney movie, what's your favorite normal movie, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I asked this guy, like, what's your favorite movie? And with, like, he was just like Schindler's List. And I was like, okay. <laughs> All right. Um, maybe we're just going to skip over these questions now. I mean, that is a movie everyone should see. Yeah, but for it to be your favorite? Like your favorite movie? If I'm going to talk about the greatest films ever made, I'm going to talk about Schindler's List. If I'm going to talk about my personal favorite movies, that ain't anywhere near the top 50. Right. Favorite. I was like, good God. <laughs> okay, Your there- dad better be the director or some <laughs> shit. <laughs> Did you hear that the, the, like, announced, like, officially said that Robin Williams would call Spielberg like every couple days and just like do stand up bits to like make him feel better. Yeah, while he was making Schindler's List. Uh, that makes Robin Williams' suicide death like that much sadder to know how hard he was working to make other people happy. That was his life, though, man. Oh. He made people smile. He did. He made everyone else smile except himself. Speaking of stand-up routines that friggin' killed me, that Robin Williams HBO special, I don't even know how many times I've watched it at this point. I still laugh uncontrollably. It was that golf segment that that 
roped me into it. I saw the clip. It's like, here's Robin Williams ranting about drunk Scotsmen and how they invented mm-hmm. golf. I'm like, this might be the funniest thing I've ever seen. I ended up watching the whole special as a result. I just remember, like, the one where he, like, literally gets up and ends up in the back of the auditorium doing, like, half the show at the back of the auditorium. <laughs> uh, some some comedians, man, are just... Like I've got I've got my list of of stand up comedians that I I still need to see, like Dave Chappelle is top of the list. I know he, there's like stigma about him now, but I still think he's funny. Penn and Teller, I really want to see a Penn and Teller show. I know my parents have seen them live, and they say it's friggin' phenomenal because it's le- it's legitimate magic too. Like they do really cool tricks, but at the they same were time, trained by one of the best magicians of all time. Yes. Do you ever see their uh? Do you ever see the Penn and Teller Fool Us show, where they bring in magicians who, per, who yes. perform tricks and try they to have a, they try to figure out how they did it? And Willow's like the co-host or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yes, Willow. I Listen, also I don't know her real name. <laughs> <laughs> Allison Hannigan. Yeah, there we go. She's hot. Anyway, yeah, that <laughs> a character she hasn't played in nearly twenty years. Lily. Oh god! You know that's how our cat got her name, right? Oh yeah. really? That character. Yup, Lily from How I Met Your Mother. Because when okay. we got her, that was the show my wife was binging at the time. What a great show that was! What a terrible ending! What a great show that was! <sighs> I, I, I like they go through the whole thing, and then it was like, and then your mother died, so I married your aunt Robin. Like, well. Thanks for wasting our time. <laughs> the show is called How I Want to Fuck Robin. <laughs> the show is called 2020, the TV show. All right, you kids. Know what I thought they were going to do, and it was going to fucking, like, it would have ruined me had they actually done this. And I'm pretty sure I've shared this before. But at the end, you notice how it went from uh, what's-his-name's voice to um, to the main character's voice. It was yeah, like Bob uh, Saget changed from Bob, yeah. Bob Saget voice to yeah. So what they should have done is it, they should have changed it from uh, Bob's voice to the mother's voice, and then had it been like this is how I met your father, and it should have been fucking Ted in the hospital. Damn. <laughs> All right. He started telling the story, had a heart attack, went to the hospital, and the mom finished the story. No. Had it been her the whole time saying, this is how your father met me. Oh. And it's like her putting on the voice, and that's why it was Bob Saget. Yeah. Like how it's Daniel Stern's voice in the freaking Wonder Years. Why would you do if I Better option than doing fucking Barney's story arc. <sighs> like, there's so many... TV shows that ended on a disappointment. And we've talked about some of them before. But, like, How I Met Your Mother comes up on everyone's list at this point. I don't know anybody who liked the way that show ended. It wasn't the fact that... You know, it was the fact that it was Robin. But, like, it wasn't the fact that it was it ended up being Robin. Is the whole... The whole... Barney and Robin thing that entire season was dedicated to them 
And then the next season was just like, fuck all that shit. Fuck it all. None of that mattered. Well, I know one thing, because it was the last season of The Office when they started with the boom mic guy. Mm. And I was like, oh, they're going to fucking completely ruin the show in the last season. The, yeah. la- the last season was not good. And then they turned it around and that show ended perfectly. The, I feel like, oh, this is going to be some controversy, but I'm going to say it. The way they ended How I Met Your Mother is basically like the way the Emperor came back. <laughs> I mean, like, I haven't seen that, but like it kind of see- the way everyone talks about it, it seems like, yeah, they just were like, at the last second, they're just like, yeah, and then your mom died, so I went to, uh, with your Aunt Robin. <laughs> the dead speak. And then that was just like, yeah, it was like, and then somehow Palpatine returned. <laughs> somehow Palpatine returned. I'm just like, whoa, 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 hold up. You had two fucking full movies to fill us in and put little hints and nothing. All we I got was before, a laugh. That, that opening five minutes of Rise of Skywalker would have been a better movie than Rise of Skywalker. The thing is, and this is, uh, I've heard this before, and I think J.J. Abrams has confirmed this. When the original plan was set in motion, apparently Palpatine was always supposed to figure into the finals. But I believe that he, there, he, the little hints and stuff were supposed to pop in in the second movie, and Ryan Johnson didn't take any of it. Which is why J.J. had to, like, scramble at the end. Also, apparently, if we had gotten Trevorrow's vision, Colin Trevorrow's vision, it would have been ten times better movie. So, you know you know what the problem... I've said this before, and I've, I've read this, and I've seen other, like, online critics talk about this, and I've heard it on other podcasts, and I fully believe it. Like, the prequel trilogy is overall better than the sequel trilogy, because it at least was connected. They knew, Lucas knew where he was going. Yeah, there were shitty ways getting there, but he knew the story he needed to tell for those three movies. The problem with the sequel trilogy is that they feel disconnected because it was three different directors trying to have three different visions and nobody cared about connecting the stories. Which is why we pretty much got what we got. Right? This is where I'm just like, just give it to Dave Filoni and... Just let him do his thing. If you, if you, if you need to, you know what? Don't just let Dave Filoni do his thing. And if you don't understand, fuck you. It's gonna end up being brilliant. Just let him do his thing. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, Dave Filoni's the savior of Star Wars. I mean, he's about to drop a, an Obi Wan show. Yes. Where- I mean, I'm sorry, well, at least that is a thing, but also um, I'm at a Boba Fett show where he was in six minutes of previous movies. So, all right, we got a lot to talk about with Disney Plus and everything. Uh, Before we do, I want to do my shout outs for this week, and I want to focus on the people who played Among Us with us this past weekend. Uh, I don't think I have enough to fill the whole quota that I want to hit. 
but I'm going to focus on these people. So first, I mean, you've already know that a couple of them already. Yes, before. I have. Uh, so let's start with Hannah. Eric, are you ready to do this? Hey, Hannah. So I have a funny story about Hannah, and I'm pretty sure she's going to hate me for sharing this story, but I got to. Uh, there was one time where it was uh, our friend Tom who was coordinating, and we went into the office, and uh, she pulled the same rotation I pulled because, you know, that happens every once in a while. Yep. Uh, so we won't, we both went in there. And she started talking to him, and I just I was behind her. But from his point of view, it looked like I could have been like humping her. And he he said that, so she, so I uh, thrusted forward as she went backwards, and then we ended up did hump her in the fucking office. It was <laughs> the funniest fucking thing because we we had that split moment where we're just like we know what it looks like. <laughs> oh. Uh, she probably hates that I shared that story, but it's one of my favorite fucking stories. Well, her. can't take it back now. We're not editing it out of the episode. Nope. Yeah. No, Hannah's, Hannah's really cool. And Hannah's a perfect example of somebody at Disney that, like, I didn't know her that well. Because when she started at some, I was already a presenter when she came in to do her program. So I didn't get to know her as well as some of the other people that, like, were on that flip side of things. But we always stayed in touch, and we always enjoyed chatting with each other. And then we kind of just rebonded over things like Animal Crossing and Among Us. And then we actually would, we started actually, like, chatting and getting personal with one another. And I obviously won't share any of those stories, but... Hannah kind of took on, kind of like Katie, she kind of took on, like, I, I look at her in that little sister role now, where I'm going to make fun of her and give her a hard time, but if anybody else does, I'm going to fight them. Like, nobody's allowed to mess with Hannah. Nobody is allowed to mess with Hannah. Except you're really funny about it. <laughs> but Eric, <laughs> I mean, Eric and I are going to mess with Hannah. <laughs> but the rest of the world is not allowed to. No, she's she's cool. She's a really fun person to talk to. And thanks to her, we met her friend Nicole, who we'll give another shout out to here. And I don't know Nicole that well, other than being Hannah's friend who started playing Among Us with us. But I can tell just based on her personality that her and I would have gotten along in real life, too. Like, we definitely would have. She, she has that personality. I can just I can just feel it from her when we're when we're chatting. And it's so funny. She she plays the game in that humorous pseudo pseudo serious way where she's making serious accusations in a serious tone but there's that little hint of giggle behind it so you can't take it seriously enough even when she was 100% right in accusing me of something I'm still proud of of talking my way out of that out of that death by the way because I killed Nicole right in admin and Brian caught me red handed and I talked my way out of it because I had killed the lights at the same time. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about, dude. The lights were off. I didn't see you. I didn't see a body. Are you? Sh and he I made him second guess himself enough where I made a comeback and Hannah and I, who were the imposters won the round. So I'm sorry, Brian, but I, 
Brian is actually just lucky that at that point we didn't have any of our real, like, expert detectives playing at that time because there's absolutely no way that should have stuck. I was mesmerized that I got away with that. And then afterwards I was, like, super nervous about killing anyone. I'm like, I have to somehow try to save face. And I can't kill Brian because then everyone's going to accuse me. <laughs> I don't know what happened. <laughs> he was dead when I got here. <laughs> it was there. But the thing is, the the reason I successfully talked my way out of it is because there it was probable cause. The it, Had the lights actually been out, there would have been no way for me to see a body or had seen Brian based on our positioning. So it was a successful way of doing it. So sorry, Nicole. But I really needed to win that round. And Hannah was a good... That was the first imposter win of the game, was me and Hannah. So, I, I'll take a little pride in that. A little bit of pride there. But yeah, It's no, so difficult to win as the imposter in that game. It depends. If, if you have a partner, it can work really well. I got, I got another win as imposter, but it was a technicality because Nicole was scanning and her internet kicked her off. And then the scan, the room got glitched and nobody else could scan because they were waiting for her. So there was, it was not going to be a task victory. Now, they still could have caught me and accused me and won that way, but nobody did. And I just went around murdering people. Till I won. So there's some shout outs here. Uh, let's do a shout out that Dan can participate in for this one. Going back to the Among Us group who participated in Extra Life. Let's talk about our friend Jay Winger, Dan. Okay. This is another good person. He's a patron. So he's a financial supporter of our wonderful channel. Jay came in with a wave of people into the wrestling group. I don't remember which wave he was in, but he was in one of the really active waves where a bunch of people came in and immediately became very active members in a very good way. And Jay is also a fellow podcaster, and he's got a show right on this channel. His show's called the Bored to Death Bingecast. He's got a whole clan. They call themselves the Bored to Death clan. And their primary reviews in the beginning were anime-based. And then they started doing some horror movies here and there. They covered, they've covered all the MCU shows, right? Far as I know, yeah. Yeah, they and they covered the Mandalorian. They covered Bad Batch. Um, but yeah, they they pretty much cover. It's basically whatever they feel like watching. And I, I love the tagline that they they do reviews in easy to digest chunks, which is like, okay, we're going to review My Hero Academia, but we're only going to review four or five episodes at a time. So they can really break them down and and discuss them. So it's a really it's a really cool show. It's really entertaining, and they don't have a lot of tech issues because they actually all get together in one room to record most of the time, which is the best way to podcast. But uh, yeah, we we live in three separate states, so that's not going to happen. So. Shout out, shout out to Jay again. Um, let's shout out Randy Moyer. Dan can participate in this one too, although he didn't say much about Jay. Uh, Rand <laughs> <laughs> well, Randy, we can say a lot of the same stuff. Um, he's a patron. He's not a podcaster. He has been on a couple of our wrestling episodes in the past. 
He regularly plays Among Us with us. He's a West Coast boy. Lives in Washington State, works in Oregon. I always get that mixed up. I always think he lives in Oregon and works in Washington. But And Randy came over with the old yoga crew. I do remember that. And the DDP yoga people came in. Yeah, and he stuck around this whole time here. And again, loyal patron, good guy all around. So shout out to him. And shout out for the VA. Yes, which my cousin is currently moving to Colorado because he got a job with the VA. There you go. So, and a shout out to Robert, Robert Atkins, just like the diet. That was an old podcast. Except for his name is spelled differently. Yes, Uh, he always goes by the name of Not Rob when we play Among Us. He is yes. also a patron. He has been around for a long time, though, because Robert's an alumni of Montclair State University, like myself. He was involved with a lot of the sports stuff, so of course he knew Bobby, and he knew Ray Carcillo, and Josh, and all that crew. And so we've got, kind of got like a similar background there. He's also got a blue check mark on the Twitter machine. Wow. Robert's verified. Oh. Yes, sir, because he works for uh, he's uh he works in journalism, broadcasting type stuff. He covers a lot of sports events and the company he works for. And Rob, I don't actually remember the name of the company you work for, so I'm not like blowing a spot or anything by saying who they are in case you didn't want me to say that. But they're able to verify their employees with that Twitter verification. So he gets the blue check mark. Which is pretty freaking cool. So good for you, bud. Good guy. Good guy all around. Uh, let's do a shout out that Eric can participate in now. Let's shout out our friend Miranda. Miranda! Didn't you go to uh, Penn, Penn State? The penitentiary? You know she did. We f- yeah. FaceTimed you. Man, I wish I would have went. I was so mad about that. <laughs> you would have had you actually would have had a good time so I, know, I was thinking i was just like it's not too far too like i probably fucking make it <laughs> it's not it's it was it would have been doable for you, you should have gotten a hookup with her she fl- she's a flight attendant so she flew for free so she was actually able to pull the trip off because you know she's just like oh yeah i'll just get on a plane and i'll see you there okay that's what she did damn man i need to be a flight attendant <laughs> She was a presenter at Interventions as well. So she told a story when we were FaceTiming. She told her favorite story about me at Interventions. And this is something that I don't remember doing, but I 100% believe that I did. So I should have her on the show at one point to tell the story, but I have to tell it now because it was really funny. So apparently some guests approached us. And they asked her for direct how to get to the Hulk roller coaster. And before she could even answer, I just stepped in and gave them actual directions on how to get to Universal Orlando. Like, you're going to want to turn around and leave this building, go out through the turnstiles, get back in your car, get on I-4, take this exit. Like, I actually said all that, and apparently they were okay with this. And I'm like, that is such a dick thing to do. But you know where that came from, right, Eric? 
years of repressed energy. You and I, Eric, <laughs> had a conversation about how badly we wanted somebody to ask us where something in another park was so we could give them that very answer. Yeah. So, and apparently I did it, for real. And I don't remember doing this, but I don't doubt that I did it, because that sounds like exactly the type of dick answer that I would have given. <laughs> I mean, that's something I would have done. So, yes, I, I can completely believe you would have done it. <laughs> Like, I wish somebody would ask me about a different part. <laughs> One day my dream came true. Well, because I remember somebody asked me something like that at Harry Potter, something about how like, to get to somewhere. Where's just a small world? Some, yeah, it was something in Disney. And I'm like, oh, that's, the, you know, that's a different park and everything. And they're like, oh, well, where is that? And I actually gave them directions. And I'm pretty sure I told Eric that story, and that's where this all spawned from. <laughs> Because that was definitely a conversation with you. And if this happened when I was a presenter, that was getting near the point when I was getting over Disney and over my job. So I probably was giving dick answers like that. Man, imagine, like... Well, I guess it comes to, like, people who, like, live near there or whatever, or are rich and go all the time. Like, just the casualty of just, like, not even fucking knowing what place you're in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I ever go there, I know exactly where I'm going and what I'm doing and what's there. Most one time in my life, most people do, but th you don't remember those people. That's the thing that people don't understand. The majority of the people we interacted with on a daily basis were not stupid and were not rude, but we don't tell stories about them. We're talking about the minority because we remember them. <laughs> the locals or the rich people that go there all the time. Well, you know, I do have some stories about the manual pass holders. We, we call them annual ass holders because god damn it, they're assholes. Assholes. <laughs> they were pass holes. I flat out... Oh my god. I know my mom doesn't listen to this show, so I'm telling the story. But my parents are annual pass holders because they're snowbirds. And my mom was openly bitching on something on Facebook about something that was really, really trivial that only a pass holder would bitch about. And I flat out called her a pass hole as a response so all of her friends could see it. I said, oh, you're acting like one of those pass holes, aren't you? And the best <laughs> part was my sister laugh reacted to it. <laughs> so, score. Score on me being an asshole to my mother on social media. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <sighs> uh, Miranda's girlfriend is now a fan of our show by proxy okay. because Miranda would like listen to it while they're getting ready for work. They're both flight attendants. They work for the same airline. So Miranda has created a forced audience thanks to us. But we appreciate her all the same. Oh, Miranda, if you're hearing this, which you are, play this over the intercom. Just play <laughs> us over on a flight. Please. We're going to have so many fucking viewers or listeners. Viewers. <laughs> yeah, here, uh, Miranda, I'm going to help you out with your job. Play this over the flight. Put your fucking masks on and shut the fuck up. Also, the exits are near the wings. <laughs> <laughs> if you're in the if you're in the exit row, you have to be willing to help people get off in the case of an emergency. Yes, Susan. <laughs> I know you bought it just for the extra leg room, but you know what? If something goes down, you're in charge. <laughs> All right. 
Uh, that would be a big mistake in my end. It'd be like, uh, just get on the freaking slide and go. <laughs> or if the plane's on fire, I'd be like, I ain't helping anybody. I'm just diving out the I'd be like Michael Scott. Just yeah. dive out the door first. <laughs> I'd be like, follow me. <laughs> Leave it to people on a plane to not know how to use a slide. I'm helping others because I'm going to be opening the door. That's my help. Also, now you I'm help yourself. Follow. Follow me. <laughs> Will that be on the? F- yeah, play that over the intercom. <sighs> Our show would not be appropriate for in-flight entertainment. Well, it depends on the flight. Yeah, well, I had a flight home from Europe that decided Spider-Man 3 was good in-flight entertainment, so what the hell do they know? Yeah, I mean, this is probably not good for American Airlines, but give it to Southwest, they'll play it. (laughs) (laughs) I did, yeah, I was on a plane where the heading heading west was Spider-Man 3 and heading east was uh, uh, Shrek 3. (laughs) Oh, good! Hey, you know those first two installments that were way better? We have none of those. I was like, I was watching Shrek 3 on the way back home, and I'm just like, this is like three episodes of a Shrek sitcom. Pretty much, yeah. Oh, she's pregnant, and he's not sure he'll be a good father. Wow, I've seen this play out a thousand times before. Yeah, we should we should have Miranda and Hannah come on as as the tag team of the flight attendants and just tell their horror stories for an entire episode. Congratulations, you're both dating a flight attendant. <laughs> Hannah's not dating a flight attendant. Still here in the. No, Hannah. Miranda's girlfriend's a flight attendant. Yeah. But I, yeah, I said Hannah and Miranda. Yeah. <laughs> we we got another like how they meet probably just through flight attendant stuff I guess. That's exactly how they met. Yeah. If they're from the same place, they run into each other. And you know what? Line. Miranda gets a special shout out for being the only person other than Adrian Cotton to actually. Email us legitimate feedback on the show. We did a whole episode where we just, I just read her email because she had like 20 episodes of feedback. And it was really entertaining. And I'm like, oh, fuck it. Let's make this an episode. We should do it again. Miranda, write us more. There you go. Just write us another missive. Please. Uh, let's, give, <laughs> feedback. let's give a shout out to Matthew Sulo. Matt. About that, <laughs> he can be angry sometimes, but he's a good guy. He's entertainingly angry. He is. There are he people is. who get mad and it, it frustrates them, and then there are the people who get mad and you just kind of go, <laughs> That's gotta be Matt to a T. He's, yeah, he's kind of a mixture of both. It really depends on the day. So I got to say this. I think it's awesome that, like, Matt got connected with us because you guys worked together at Great Movie Ride. But then we found out Matt's a huge wrestling fan, so Dan and I were able to connect with him, too. That You don't meet that many people where, like... Like, it's not like Dan's going to show up one day with some guy who ended up working for Disney and... We're just like, oh, this is awesome. Eric and I can connect with you. And, like, that's just not going to happen. I feel like most of my friends are into wrestling, and I'm the oddball out. Eric, what I want to do, because I I really want to launch this as a show anyway, because I want to do, like, 
I want to do like a YouTube show where we review classic wrestling matches in real time. I mean, time. we did a few with your wife. Yes, and Is, she shit on one that was like one of the best matches of uh, all time. Yeah, like like most people's top match of all time, she did not enjoy it at all. She did not enjoy it, but but she loved TLC. Is this one of those things where like uh, you get random people who know nothing about Pokemon and be like, name that Pokemon? <laughs> No, that's actually what I would want to do is I'd want to watch that classic match with you and ha- like and break it down and, and get your reactions in real time. And I think people would enjoy that. So would it be important for me to know like the story going we'll into it? We'll give you the story going into it if, if okay. necessary. And sometimes there is no story and it's just like, just watch this. This match is a train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah, so Matt did a show with you briefly called Sick Minds of Matt and Eric that you guys sadly don't do anymore. Yeah, it just like we we kind of lost focus on it and uh, didn't have any kind of direction. We were trying to get like some feedback from people. We did an interview with some uh, fandoms, and that was pretty cool. But like, it just wasn't wasn't really going anywhere. Well, you gotta you gotta give stuff time, dude. You think yeah, you, no. Gotta give it time. You did. I launched the wrestling podcast back in 2013 with Dan. And our former co-host, Pat. And it took us a long time to build up a significant audience. In fact, it was actually a couple years before we had a real group of regulars that were participating every single show. Gotta give it time, man. Gotta give it time. But So it's pretty cool that he's got the Disney and the gamer and the the wrestling connection there. Uh, Only negative thing I'll say about Matt is he's a friggin' Boston fan. So... We are we're mortal enemies somewhere in that core. I played a sport once. <laughs> <laughs> so we, I gave we, yeah, God. We we've been gaming a lot lately. Actually, we've been playing a, a lot of like Civilization and uh, League of Legends. But we've toned down the League of Legends because um, I don't know what happened. I think we got pushed up an extra bracket or like an extra division because one day we went from like constantly winning to 50 50 to now like it feels like we never fucking win and i know we were joking around where just like whenever we lose we lose big but now we just can't fucking win (laughs) and and and, i love watching youtube rage about league of legends because it's not fair (laughs) it's not fair (laughs) i I know you don't know anything about the game, but there's a KDA ratio, right, where there's kills, deaths, and assists. And normally it's be like, let's say you had five kills, five deaths, five assists, it'd be five, five, five. So uh, the first number is always kills, the second number is always deaths, the last number is always, like, assists. I went in in the entire game where it was 28-2-14, and we still lost the fucking game. Only died twice in that game. And I just couldn't carry the fucking team. <laughs> and and the the sad thing is, all it takes is one bad person on your team to ruin the fucking game. Now, you're you're just like most of the time it balances out, right? So if you have one shitty person on your team, chances are they also have a shitty person on their team and it kind of balances out. But what ends up happening is one person does really bad, blames the jungle for not being there, even though it's not the jungle's fault. That person gets pissed off and then stops playing 
And so now we're down two people, basically. And then it's just a train wreck from there. And it happens all the time. <laughs> all the time. End rant. Where's my drink? <laughs> all right. Hallelujah. Holy shit. Where's, Where's the Tylenol? All right. <sighs> So I've ran out of shout-outs for people who played Among Us with us this past weekend, because other people who played um, have already been shouted out before. So I'll give a shout-out to somebody who wasn't able to play with us. I know why he wasn't able to play with us, and I won't say what it is, but it's a legitimate reason, and I hope everything's working out for him. Let's give a shout-out to our friend Danny Jackpot. And he goes back a long time with the wrestling group, right, Dan? Yes. Uh, Danny actually is one of the moderators on the largest American Facebook wrestling group. Uh, the I only, yeah, it's called We Love Pro Wrestling, and he's one of the moderators in that group. That's about as much as you can say about that, because the only way you're getting bigger than that is if the fan group's coming out of India, he said. But as far as the American fan groups on Facebook go, it's the biggest one, and he's one of the moderators. But Danny's a big gamer. I followed his Twitch before. Danny's got that very unique, very dry sense of humor that always makes me chuckle. And I know he's not going to... a grown-ass man that looks like he's 12. I was about to say, I know he's not going to get mad if we say that, but he looks about 10 years younger than he actually is. And when I say 10 years younger, I mean literally 10 years, because he looks like he's still a teenager, and he's like in his late 20s. He's just got that that baby face, but but he's a, he's a good guy. He's really funny. He's uh he's very intelligent in a lot of things that you wouldn't expect. Not saying like somebody like him or anything like that, but like he's really really intelligent about political issues. Like he's very very well researched, and I never would have gotten that impression from him initially. But he's one of those guys where when he says something, I pay attention because I know he actually does his homework on stuff. He doesn't just blab stuff that he reads on the Internet. So and he's a very, very reasonable person to have a conversation with. Like he's a very rational person. He doesn't he's not one of those guys where like an issue comes up because like even when he and I haven't seen eye to eye on wrestling's wrestling opinions He'll still hear me out on my side of it, and he'll create a counter-argument, but he doesn't, like, challenge me in a way that says, well, you're wrong, or you're dumb, or whatever, like a lot of fans would do in that situation. He'll be like, okay, but have you considered this? And I appreciate that about Danny, so I don't I don't mind having those conversations with him about about topics and things that we'll disagree with, because, yeah, like I said, very intelligent person. And then I'll even this out and I'll give two quick shout outs so we'll wrap this up. But I want to give a shout out to my friend Nicole and her husband Matthew, who are both members of the group. Nicole and I worked at Kilimanjaro Safari. She's a really fun person to hang out with and chat with. I don't actually know her husband in real life, but I friended him on Facebook because of, he is a meme lord. And I have a lot of respect for that. And... I would now I would 100% consider this dude a friend in real life if I ever met him because 
he's his meme game is strong and his nerd culture loves a lot of them are similar to mine so shout out to matthew and nicole for being awesome group members and that leaves 25 more people who still haven't gotten a shout out and we'll get to you guys starting next week if you haven't heard your name yet get ready because your shout out's coming and I, I got some hard hitters on here that i'm gonna i'm gonna shout you out so hard you're not even gonna see it coming you don't know what's coming yet Ah, kitty, that's my leg. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) And Eric has died. Uh, Real quick, I just want to throw this out there because this is something I brought up again the other day, and it's it's worth mentioning. I've never watched the Teen Titans Go show. Me neither. You shouldn't. But my sister's kids really like that show, and there are apparently some really good episodes of the show if you actually dig through them. And one that they did was they do the entire Oregon Trail. And they're like, you have to at least see this. I'm like, I will give this a shot. And I laughed my ass off. So it's a funny show. It's just there's no story development. Oh, my God. Compared to Teen Titans. But I think that's kind of the point, right? The art pisses me off too much to even give it a shot. You know what? I can deal with the art. If they actually had a story, because I first, like Samurai Jack, I wasn't a fan of that animation at first. But? But it grew on me. There you go. All right. So, Dan, we had a big, big drop this week. Uh, Disney Plus Day happened. Disney Plus Day. Second anniversary of Disney Plus. So, talk about okay. So, um, well, you have that variety article that actually lists all the stuff that got mentioned. So, you want to just we want to just kind of tackle it one at a time and talk about uh, what we think is going to be amazing and what we think. Uh, well, I mean, there's a lot of good stuff coming out in all in all the categories here, but let's let's kind of go through them and discuss what we're what we're excited for. All right. So, the first thing on this list we have here is the Obi-Wan show. It airs a little one or two minute video on Disney Plus and it's just like everyone talking about being excited. No actual footage or anything, but they're like, I'm excited to be to be Obi-Wan again and I'm excited to be with Hayden again. And it was just everyone talking about, oh yeah, we got Hayden to come back. It's going to be cool. You know, I'm excited for that, too, because we all know Hayden Christensen's a good actor. If you see him in shit where the director knows how to direct him. So I I think we're going to get a much better performance out of him this time. For the main character of that trilogy, he was written very shittily. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, there's that. It'll come out sometime next year. The CinemaSins videos, everything wrong with. Which I have become a big, big fan of that of that YouTube channel. Um, I, I've watched great. I've watched every single Star Wars video they've done now, and their prequel stuff when they rip on Hayden Christensen is so great because they'll just put like lines of dialogue of things that he's saying and, and no commentary on it. They're just like people don't speak this way, and they add a sin to the counter. <laughs> <laughs> George Lucas believes this is how people fall in love, and it's like that clunky-ass love dialogue between him and Natalie Portman that doesn't work. 
Uh, it's so good. Yeah, I think the Obi-Wan show is going to be good, and I really like the fact that they're doing it as a standalone miniseries and not as a movie. Which is what I, which is why I'm really glad they're doing that with Boba Fett too. Yeah, the story gets to breathe that way, right? You know, you don't have you don't have to. Well, we only have two hours. We got to move along. I haven't seen it yet, uh, but I've heard that's the biggest complaint that people have about Eternals is that as much as they enjoyed it, they said it was just too much packed into a movie and it should have been. a Well, series. yeah, they introduced like ten new characters. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen it, but yeah, yeah. So I, I get it. Uh, Obi Wan is, is high on my hype list for sure. Yes, it's, all right, next thing on the list is X Men '97. It's the continuation of the '90s X Men cartoon that Dude, we all. Dude, I love. flipped out when I heard this was even a thing. Flipped out. I did not hear this. Uh, I haven't seen any of this, so this is all new to me. Yeah. X Men. <laughs> Previously on X Men. The X Men cartoon was so good. It, it was so good. good. So, so what are, is this like a reboot type of thing? Like, what are they doing? It's with going this? to be like if they just continue doing the show. <sighs> it's even named X Men '97, like the year they stopped the show. <laughs> Does that mean the theme song's coming back? I <laughs> hope so, dude. If they can get those rights from Saban, that would be awesome. And if you know what, you can't get the rights, do a cover. <laughs> <laughs> It's gonna revamp be that shit. That cartoon it hit a bunch of major storylines and did it fairly well on a PG cartoon level. Um, and guess what? That show was went off the air like twenty five years ago. There's a whole bunch of new great X Men stories that they can adapt. Dude, I love. I remember like there was like silly shit on that show that still cracked me up, like some. Somebody was going after Cyclops. He's like, you wouldn't hit a man with glasses on, would you? He goes, then take them off. And the guy goes to lift them and his friggin' lasers just come right out. <laughs> like, blast the guy. Oh, God, I can't wait. X-Men cartoon. Yeah, man. I mean, there's been other good X-Men cartoons. Like, Evolution was pretty good. I feel um, like... I, I was kind of late to the X-Men cartoon. I did watch it. I can't remember if it ended in 97 for me. I feel like I watched it until like early 1999, but it was probably just all repeats because I remember playing or uh, watching that at the same time I was playing Half-Life and Half-Life didn't come out until like 99 or 98 or something. So good. <clears throat> Next on the list is Moon Knight. We actually got a little bit of a glimpse of what was going on in there and holy shit, I'm at the point where I would watch Oscar Isaac do just about anything. <laughs> you and many teenage girls. So people don't know, uh, Moon Knight is a hero who has been possessed by the Egyptian god of vengeance, Khonshu. And there's always a thing about, has he gone crazy? Is he actually have an ancient god inside of him? Or is he just crazy? Or is he crazy because he has an ancient god inside of him? <laughs> He's just a dick. And they're really playing it up because the little things we have is like he'll just kind of like come to and he has like 
ten bloody people in front of him that he beat the shit out of that he doesn't remember happening. Oh, that sounds so good. And it's Oscar Isaac, so you know he's fucking great. It's gonna be fun. Next up we got is the She-Hulk one, where they got a little bit of stuff. Where she's a mild-mannered regular lawyer. But she's a Hulk. And we even get some Mark Ruffalo stuff in there, so... I'm looking forward to that. I see this as a complete win. Yeah, hey, time travel! Gonna, I didn't think they were going to do anything with Mark Ruffalo anymore. Well, Mark Ruffalo's at the end of Shang-Chi. We'll talk about that later, though. Uh, I'll get to look at Miss Marvel. We got a little bit of look at that. Uh, although I think it was all before she got her powers, or like right when she got her powers. So we didn't see anything special there. They already made a video game about her. Is she related to Tony Khan? Maybe we'll find out. (laughs) The wrestling fans just popped. Everybody else is like, who? Shadid Khan? Khan! Uh, And then a couple of them, uh, some of the ones where we just got a title card. Agatha, House of Harkness. So they actually... It was just a rumor that they were going to do an Agatha show. They're doing it. We're going to get a Spider-Man freshman year cartoon show. Should be interesting. So, I don't know. This new animated series follows Peter Parker on his way to becoming Spider-Man in the MCU. This might be some actually before he becomes Spider-Man. I don't know. Uh, Does that mean Uncle Ben's going to die again? And we killed Uncle Ben enough. I don't know. Uh, here's One more time, for good measure. We, <laughs> we need to make sure this fucker stays dead. <laughs> They're going to do a, sh- a show of Echo, which will be, uh, I guess, in Hawkeye, they're going to introduce the character. Um, she is a deaf Native American girl. And she will be introduced in Hawkeye. And she will and team she will up get with her Daredevil. own show. They're on show. She's uh, gonna they're gonna do Daredevil's eyes. A full-on Marvel Zombies cartoon. Mm-hmm. So I wonder yeah. if it, how different the story will be <clears throat> compared to the What If episode. And the Ironheart show, where we're gonna have Riri show up and becoming the new Iron Man as Ironheart. Then they did Secret Invasion, and we actually saw a little bit of it. We saw an older Nick Fury for Secret Invasion, which I had a friend. I, I, I've I've been this entire time like I'm surprised this isn't like Endgame level movie, and it's just a, it's a show. And they're like, "Well, the scroll have been they're good guys in the MCU." And I'm just like, "Well, something's happening for Secret Invasion to happen." So. Basically, Secret Invasion is there's been scrolls inf- infiltrating Earth for years. But they could be infiltrating Earth to prevent something bad from happening, so we don't know yet. So, we'll find out. As we know just, from, from the end of... <laughs> they, 
Jibs! <laughs> Soylent Green is people. So they, um, I mean, we saw from the end of uh, Far From Home that the entire time in that movie where you see Fury and Maria Hill, it was actually two scrolls. Yep. That entire movie. Uh, there's the I Am Group show we heard about, like, when they launched Disney Plus. They're still working on that, I guess. They're like, if we can do it with Wally, we can do it with Groot. <laughs> they officially announced a What If Season 2. Be on the lookout for the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. I think that's supposed to be this year, so that could be any time now. Now here comes one of the more interesting announcements. A Willow series. That is interesting. I think that'll be good, though. I need to go back and watch because I don't think I've watched it since didn't, I was um, I didn't see it, but didn't the Dark Crystal series actually do pretty well? Like, at least as far as, like, a reception goes? I, I mean, I haven't seen it. I don't think they were successful in bringing Skeksy back. So anyway, this is like a little five-minute thing of Warwick Davis walking around, and he's like, I'm going to introduce you to my new cast. And it's all these, like, 20-year-olds that have no idea that Willow was a show or that he's done any <laughs> other work. By the way, met him. Very nice guy. Warwick Davis? Yep. Yeah. He um, had a... Yep. So, like, on that, sh- on that show is going to be... Uh, the guy that is Flash Thompson in the Spider-Man now. And the girl that was Carly, the bad guy, in fucking Winter Soldier. He's going to be on that show. There you go. So, I need to go watch the movie again. Because like I said, I haven't seen it since I was single digits. Maybe yeah, I haven't seen it in a year, so it's worth another watch. Uh, oh, yeah, um... Under the Helmet, Legacy of Boba Fett. It's a little 20-hour documentary that came out. 20 hours? Yeah, 20-minute little documentary. Jesus. I'll watch a 20-hour Star Wars documentary. (laughs) Don't think I wouldn't. How long would it take to watch all of Star Wars? Uh, Somebody actually did did the, the math on that. And you are nearing... I know it's it's over half a day at this point. I don't remember how far in it goes, though. I mean, we have nine two-hour movies. If you're just doing the episodes, because uh, somebody... I remember there was a marathon of Star Wars movies leading up to the premiere of Force Awakens for, like, a 7 p.m. thing, and even what, marathoning all six movies was, like, pretty much an all-day thing, so... I bet you it's I, I bet you it's around the same length as trying to watch the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings movies, extended editions back to back. I don't know, especially now that the um, canon is so much wider now. You got shows you got to watch now. By the way, that six minute—not even six minute—that Simpson short for the Disney Plus anniversary is friggin' amazing. It is. Because they have Simpsonified versions, so like the door guys at 
Moe's is Rick at Ralph and uh And Maui. And yeah, and Maui. <laughs> but they're Simpson fied. But they're Simpson fied. And we get he drinks with Goofy. <laughs> of course Bart comes in dressed like Mickey. I'm the mascot of an evil corporation. Yeah, Disney owns this now. So good. Uh, they're going to do a Tiana show. That's cool. Princess and the Frog, I guess what she's up to now. That's really cool. We're going to get Zootopia Plus, which is going to be a short form series. So I guess it's going to see like other things happening in the town, but short form series tells me four to six episodes. Then. Like other animal stories probably yeah. happening. And then, ooh, we, we got ourselves a Mater <laughs> and Lightning McQueen are mm-hmm. back. Owen Wilson and Larry the Cable Guy, and not in the problematic <laughs> Cars 4 that they talked about on that, uh, that SNL uh, from a couple months ago. They're just going to go on a cross-country road trip on Cars on the Road coming out next year. But you know what? That might actually be okay, because I I have noticed that the funniest parts of Cars 2 were made of reacting to, like, different cultural situations. You know, oh, what? Cars 2, it started out and I hated it, but by the end I really liked it. I hope they make mass jokes. They'll be like, have you gotten your air filter changed? <laughs> <laughs> You know there's going to be Tesla jokes in there and like you uh well how do you run? <laughs> if you don't drink gas. I think this is just an attempt to keep Larry the Cable Guy's career relevant because we all know it's not anymore. I mean, I feel like he doesn't need like the money. I feel like he didn't he invest a lot of it. Like he's pretty much set. I would assume so between the blue collar gigs and I'm sure he gets merchandise I've cuts. He was Mater. a very smart guy. Yeah, which is why he plays a dumb character. Which is he might actually be smarter than a fifth grader, unlike some of his colleagues. Uh, yeah, I feel like he's probably the <laughs> between him and uh, Bill Engvall. I think he might be the smartest one out of the group. Well, yeah, because I, as much as I love Ron White, I feel like that's exactly what you get. <laughs> I think that's—I yeah, don't think he, Ron White's playing a character. I no, think that's just not, Ron White. Himself. That's fucking Tater Collin <laughs> for you. <laughs> Hang on, I need to pour me some more scotch. <laughs> the little emphasis. All right, Disenchanted, which is going to be uh, the actual long-awaited sequel to Enchanted. I thought that was a Matt Groening series on Netflix. Yeah. It's coming to Disney Plus in the fall. That'll be good. I like Enchanted. That's a really fun movie. Oh, another thing they announced in the Pixar thing is that they are going to be documentaries for Turning Red and Lightyear for next year. For those coming out. So Yes. We're yes. getting the third interpretation of Cheaper by the Dozen. <sighs> No, thank you. Pass. Gabrielle Union and Zach Braff pass. coming in March. Sorry, pass. Hocus Pocus 2. Original cast returns. 
in fall of 2022. I might give that a shot. I don't remember the first one. I think- Didn't they die or something? Like, why? What's the purpose of the second movie? Find our version. I just and then this time they'll be fun about the version. I am. <laughs> I think Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus's love is a lot like loving Space Jam. It's all based on nostalgia. Trying to watch it today, you start to notice stuff, and you're like, "Why was this popular again?" No, 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 not not its popularity, but I thought like the end of the movie was the end of the movie. I thought there were not no more witches or something, weren't there? This I, is I Disney. Remember. They're just going to use the Dragon Balls. <laughs> Do they true. own that yet? <laughs> Have they gotten their hands on that yet? I'm not sure. Don't don't you threaten my Dragon Ball series. <laughs> I love that joke with Mickey Mouse on South Park where he's like, what's South Park? Do I own that yet? Not yet, sir. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> and we get the Ice Age Adventures of Buck Wild. Simon Pegg, I'm in. It's Simon Pegg's character, so you know that's going to be good. I'm in. Son of a bitch, I'm in. If you've been thinking there's been a little bit too much Ice Age, it's at least Simon Pegg's character that's the main character. Uh, son of a bitch, I'm in. Also, we're getting a Baymax solo series. Which I don't really understand, because they already did a Big Hero 6 series, so I don't really know what the difference is going to be. Now it's just Baymax, the rest of the group is dead. <laughs> okay, well. Oh, dude, do not do my girl yo-yo like that. Go-go. Go, 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 yo-yo. Well, yeah, yo-yo's a um, Marvel character. <laughs> We're going to get... They're going to try Spiderwick Chronicles again. Good luck. I guess. I guess. Well, okay, if if it, it, if the story fails the first time because it, it, it wasn't a good interpretation, then I, I say try it again. Like, I've said that about also, things like it looks Aragorn. like they're working on it being a series instead of a movie, so... That might be the difference. Oh, God. I just read what's next. Pinocchio. Yeah, because we haven't live-action versioned everything else so far. Tom Hanks. Cynthia Rebo. Luke Evans. The voices voices of Benjamin Evan Ainsworth. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Keegan-Michael Key. And Lorraine Bracco. That might actually be worth watching. I still have not seen the live-action versions of The Jungle Book, The Lion King, or uh, um, Dumbo. I haven't seen or Lady in the Tramp. I saw the live-action <clears throat> Lion King, the one that came out when we were still children. There was a live-action Lion King when we were kids? Yeah. In the 90s, dude. Yeah, there was one. Way back we're then. old, Shusuke. Jeez. <laughs> Right, there's people that for like I, uh, one of my favorite things is people being like, "Do you see the Twix are balls now? When I was a kid, they were shaped like the fruit, and I'm just like, bitch. When I was a kid, they were balls." Yeah, that's the thing that it actually went back to. <laughs> we got the Beatles get back, which just comes out on the 25th, so that's like next week and the week after. Me. Three-part event beginning the 25th, Peter Jackson. Uh, Chippendales Rescue Rangers, starring J. 
John Mulaney and Andy Samberg. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> love Rescue Rangers. I love those two. Fucking at, oh my god! Have you seen um, Big Mouth? No, I have not. Even though I love everybody in it. Oh my god! It's so fucking good. Limitless with Chris Hemsworth. They're going to try to push the human body to its limits to the point where you might become immortal, and they're doing it with Chris Hemsworth, <laughs> a literal Dude. god. Dude. They're going to try to turn him into actual. Thor. <laughs> I swear they... Isn't that the premise of a movie already called Limitless? There was also a series based on it as well. But that was like some dumb movie. I think it was based on a book that was like better. And the movie was just like, take this pill and you'll... Instead of using the herder, herder, her, 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 10% of your brain, which is not true, you get to unlock more. It's never been true, yeah. Uh, here comes a new show called Welcome to Earth, starring Will Smith. You know they did that on purpose. Or <laughs> he will explain he will explore Earth's greatest wonders in a six-part original series. I just read this uh, today. Actually, I was I was just reading like you know fun fun facts about why actors took certain roles, and the reason Will Smith agreed to do Suicide Squad was because he didn't want to be seen as a wholesome the wholesome heart of the of every movie. He wanted to be a bad guy. Well, I mean, wasn't he the bad guy in Hancock or whatever? No. Uh, no, not really. <laughs> the less said about that movie, the better. So you want to talk about a movie that had so much potential, and then by the halfway point, I was so pissed off that I regretted ever buying my ticket? Yeah, but at the end, you get the awesome part where freaking he cuts the guy's other arm off. I don't care. It's that storyline twist that made, first of all, made no sense. And second of all, I was like, this is where they're going with this movie. They they didn't have to do any kind of story like that. They had their story. He's a drunk hopo who happens to be a superhero. That's your story. You didn't need anything else. Oh, so disappointing. So this Will Smith Welcome to Earth show is going to be on December 8th. That's what I call Close Encounter. I was supposed to be at a barbecue! Oh, which is funny because it actually did smell. Yep. Because of the salt flats. Tank up something. Uh, America the Beautiful. Yeah, America. Fuck yeah. Um, Oh my God. Six part series coming next year. I'm guessing sometime around July 4th. Uh, (laughs) Whoa, my God, what the fuck? Sneakerella. <laughs> As in sneakers. It's a gender flip twist. <laughs> Wait, if this takes place in New York City, shouldn't it be called Tim's? Damn. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> it takes place in Queens. <laughs> I said what I said. Yeah, in the sneakerhead subculture of New York City, this movie puts a gender flip twist on the Cinderella fairy tale. Sneakerella premieres on Disney Plus on February 18th. You know what? I grew up in North Jersey, less than an hour away from New York City. I can make every joke at that city's expense. 
that city is mine for the punching bag. Oh yeah, because by the time it gets to them, traffic will be over. <laughs> Bring back the proud family. <clears throat> I did back in 2022. I never watched that, but that's cool for the people. I remember. The, I remember the Disney Channel making a big deal about it because they're like, "We got Beyonce and her sister singing the theme song." I'm like, okay. <laughs> Well, we got Olaf. Uh, see here. Win or lose? Pixar's first ever original long-form animated series, Win or Lose, is coming in 2023. Oh, yes, I saw about this. It's about, like, the last week leading up to, like, a peewee baseball championship game, and it's, like, each episode's a different character. Mm. And what they deal with during that week. I like that idea. I, when when I was in college, one one of our broadcasting classes, we were supposed to pitch an idea for a TV series that we had. And I remember there were two series that always stood out to me that I always thought would make a really, really good idea for a series. One of them was about a group of people who tailgate before every football game, and it's just each episode is the tailgate before that particular game and it goes through the whole season and like what happens at the tailgate. And the other one I always remember was somebody had written an idea. It was like a, like it was like a seasonal show where everything took place on the same day, but from a different character's point of view, like different stereotypes in the high school and how all the stories intertwined. And that was like the entire season was one event being told from every point, different point of view. And I always really liked that idea. And I always thought somebody should really do something with this. So leave it to Pixar to be the one to take an idea like that and kind of roll with it. I, I like this. I like, I like this idea. I, I'm intrigued. Uh, Better Nate than ever. It's based on a book. Lisa Kudrow. Yeah. Okay. Well, they're doing more Diary of the Wimpy Kid stuff because there's an animated thing coming and a sequel to Roderick Rule. That's that's a popular thing. So it's like a big series. So like, there's a reason why there's been a million of them already because there's like a million still to go. High School Musical: The Musical: The Series Season Three. If that's your thing, enjoy. And then Disney intertwined. This is a series that's been made in Latin America. So Latin America stuff. It was made on an island west of Costa Rica. The five deaths. Allegra is ready to change the past in order to reach her dream. In the first Disney Plus original series produced in Latin America. That's you know, all bit, those but... announcements, they also launched a couple of things, like yesterday was the day Shang-Chi came available and Jungle Cruise came available, and I watched both of them. Very good. Have either of you seen either of those movies? Nope. Don't spoil anything. Neither. Have seen neither. Well, you knew I wasn't going to have time to watch anything. This is my, this is my work weekend. I mean, they've both been out for two and a half months. Uh, 
elsewise. Yeah, I think but Jungle even further. Yeah, but I haven't had time. I never have time to do any of that stuff. But if you're not going to spoil anything, I'd like to hear your reviews. All right, I'm going to do <clears throat> spoiling uh, non non spoilers with no context. <laughs> Shang Chi has everything. It's got Airbenders. It's got what did I write to the other people? It's got Airbenders. Freaking Ang. Ang. Um. Trying to remember the second thing. I know what the third thing was. Airbenders, Pokemon, and Kaiju. (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, son of a bitch, I'm in. <laughs> also, if you're acrophobic like me, there is a scene that you might f- fuck you up. So, you What's... have heights issues. Oh. Not on, not if it's on the screen, I'll be alright. There's, I mean, for the most part I'm okay, but occasionally a video game or a movie will get me, so. I get that in video games a lot. The last time I fucking... There was, was dude, screen. my... Yeah, my worst one was you know Assassin's Creed never really fucked with me, but um, there's a part early in fuck what's it called uh, guys that made the original Dead Island games made sold Dead Island and made another game and they uh, did that. The Back for Dead. That's not the name of it, but something like that. Yeah, there's a part where it's early in the game and they're teaching you how to work for the the people that saved your life and the guy tells you to just jump off his fucking crane <laughs> oh oh uh dying light dying light yeah the guy the dude just tells you to jump off the crane and you're just like the fuck <laughs> and it really at that part got me oh uh, you know what i've actually done just for fun i've just dove off the crane in grand theft auto 5 <laughs> you know the one at the very top of that skyscraper I remember I, w- I went to the end of it because I, I, there was something up there, like one of like the collectible items or something was up there, and I got it, and I'm just like, eh, fuck it, and I just <laughs> jumped. So. But I appreciate the warning. Yeah, there's a scene where they're high up. So. Precarious. There was like a... Very, very well acted by... Like all Asian actors, and so also there is uh, the assembled show where they do the behind the scenes and stuff like that. They have episodes out for everything now, including that, including Shang Chi. So <laughs> you can watch the making of uh, that and making of Black Widow, and I recommend, especially that one because it's a lot about representation. All right, so fucking awesome. So, what is the actual plot in this movie? Plot is that the actual Mandarin. Okay, all right. No, 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 no. Save it. Save it. (laughs) Save it. So you know how they did the fake Mandarin in Iron Man three. It's the actual character, the Mandarin. Okay. And then things happen, and it's a relatable story, but also very 
Asian. Very well done. Okay. What can you tell us about the Jungle Book? Jungle Book? There's a, a human boy. There's a the, the, the monkey wants to learn the secret of fire. I've heard it's actually pretty good. Jungle Cruise is quite a ride. Um, I said Jungle Book, right? Yes, you did. And you're trying to be an asshole okay. about it. That's why I was. T- I started talking. All right, all right. You were confusing the hell out of me. I'm like, really? That doesn't sound right. No, <laughs> no. You just you just got to be an asshole. All right, cool. Uh, this is it is not for kids. I would say I would. It's it's PG thirteen, and I would. Uh, yeah, I'd probably wait till the kids are at least ten. Because holy shit, there was shit that was a little creepy to me. It's. They go there. It's kind of weird how they just took, like, it's to Jungle Cruise, and everything Jungle Cruise about it is in, like, the first 10 minutes. You know, like, the actual ride Jungle Cruise about it. You ever been on that ride before? I mean, you obviously know the answer to that. Because I'm thinking about some of the jokes that are on there, and I'm wondering uh, if some of them... So, they introduce Dwayne's character, and he's pretty much doing an IRL version of Jungle Cruiser. Right? And he's doing most of the jokes that you've heard that you know and love. I appreciate that. And then things get strange. But pre- be prepared to start hating Jack Whitehall's character and then be prepared to start loving it. So overall good recommendations? Yes. Okay. But Shang-Chi is, I would say, maybe top tier MCU. Really? Yeah. Okay. It's just, I mean, maybe not on its overall impact to the overall MCU, but as a movie on its own, yeah. Better than Guardians? Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. It's in that tier with 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 Guardians and okay. And the that's pretty nuts. I feel like Guardians and the MCU, while very enjoyable, not necessary for the story progression. I mean, introduced. It's the first time that they fully, completely introduced an actual Infinity Gem as an Infinity Gem. I guess, but they did more explaining in the other movies, too. I'm just mad about Peter Quill. Everybody's mad about Peter Quill. <laughs> like, that is really what it all boils down to. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think everybody's mad at Peter Quill. We asked you not to do one fucking thing. (laughs) And now half of everything is gone. (laughs) Like, it's not just half of people, it's half of everything. 
I remember somebody wrote something where they're just like, yep, they, they've confirmed that uh, that animals were involved in the snapping of the fingers, too. And I remember somebody rep- responded, they're like, yeah, Thanos is fucked because if I watch my little puppy vaporize, I, he'd, I would have definitely gone for the head. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that sounds about right. Well, Thanos got killed like three days later, so. <laughs> yeah, but it didn't matter. He used the stones to destroy the stones. So, this is episode 64 of The Nerd Table, so I think it would be appropriate if we use this time to talk about the Nintendo 64. To talk about by right about the end of the year, it's going to be a nice episode. Is our, yeah. is our holiday episode going to be nice? <laughs> uh, let's find out. <laughs> Uh, episode 69 I'm just going to bring in like uh, the episode after Dan's birthday is going to be nice nice uh, so, the, so 17th, 18th, 19th weekend mm-hmm. will be nice will be nice yeah there might not be an episode that next week because the ho- uh, Christmas is Saturday so we probably won't be able to get together Friday, Saturday or Sunday we'll figure weekend. it out we shall figure it out, guys. I say I say nothing at this point. But so yes, the Nintendo sixty four. Did we all? Oh, own one? we're talking about the Commodore sixty four. No, I never owned one. I've never owned a sixty four. I've owned a game for the sixty four, but that was about <laughs> it. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. What game did you own? Uh, Ocarina of Time. And you said to play it at a friend or a family member's house? Well, I bought it under the, like, assumption that I would be getting it for the holidays, and I did not. (laughs) Well, that is unfortunate. It is. But, um, you know what? Now looking at it, I'm kind of okay. I have to tell myself that. I'm not okay with it. But, like... I was all right because I, I also got onto this big um, JRPG fix, which the 64 was very lacking in that department. Nope, that was PlayStation stuff right there. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I ended up getting a PlayStation instead of a 64. So I was okay. I was all right with it. I mean, did you learn? Did you learn your lesson from this situation? Yeah, now I make sure I have the console before I buy the fucking game. <laughs> That's what I owned two games for Xbox 360 before I owned a 360. <laughs> that is that- still my uh, official answer when the uh, the question comes up of, uh, oh hey, what was the the Christmas gift that you loved that you that you love the most? And I remember the ultimate teaser. Was the was Christmas '96 when I got my N64 because of how my parents did it? Uh, I unwrapped all my gifts, and the last gift I unwrapped was Super Mario 64. But I didn't have the console, and my mom was like, "Well, we got you the game, so when you do eventually get the console, you can play it." It was one of those things. I was like, "All right, whatever." And then Christmas is over, we're cleaning up, and mom's like, "What's this?" And here's the mystery box, the friggin' Buzz Lightyear out of the closet gimmick, and it was my N64. And well, they had a nice big PS5. They when had, I figured I was getting nothing because my PS5 wouldn't be there for another two weeks. And they're like, oh, and yeah, it's like, here. 
No, it came here two days ago. We thankfully grabbed it before you came out. <laughs> I could have been playing this for the past two days. I, yeah, I could have been playing this the past two days. So I'm, I'm pretty sure the PS5 doesn't even exist. <clears throat> no, it doesn't. It's it's I'm it's a fever dream. Touching one right now. Dan's lying. I know. Touching it. Touching it. This is why the Rock is actually playing, not the Rock, but the Rock creature is playing a PS4 in in the Marvel universe. Yeah, because the PS5 still sold out. Yeah. <laughs> Hi. That kid's saying mean things about me again. His name is Korg, and his friend is Meek. So let's. Oh no, t- Meek's dead. Let's touch on a couple of N64 classics. Uh, I'm not going to go through the entire list of the 297 American titles because I'm not going to be no. psychotic about it. But I'm going to hit on some of the big ones you that I played. That is not that many. No, it's not. That's why I'm. I'm. I've set that as a goal to collect. I've got. A, I've got 51 Especially right now. Nowadays, I think there might already be more games that technically play on a PS5. Yeah, I'm, there I, might not be more that are worth it. But I've made that goal as a collector. As a collector, to get the to get the collection. So let's discuss um, some of the ones that I have played. Super Mario 64 owned, played, got the hunt. I've told that story. Got star number 120 in 2008. I think that might be the best game on that system, and it was the first game on that system. Uh, yeah, it's it's going to be up there. I've played. It's, it is weird because usually the best games are the ones that come out late when they know the capabilities and how to how far you can stretch things. But pilot, oh. yeah, Pilot Wing sixty four. I spent some time playing that. It's fun, but a little complicated with the controls because just kind of how the controls were. I played Wave Race sixty four. It's it's fun. It's a you know it's it's just a racing game. Mortal Kombat Trilogy, I played the hell out of. Uh, let's see. Cruising USA. Yeah, it's a shitty arcade port. Star yeah, Wars. Other, other cruisings as well, right? Yeah, I only had USA and World for the 64, but I know there was more. Star Wars Shadows of the Empire. That's a standout game right there. Because you had all kinds of different stuff. You had the Dash Rendar story. You had the, the first-person shooter aspect and then there was also the flight stages where you were piloting a ship and you were dogfighting TIE fighters and everything. And then you also had the speeder bike stage. And the, the final bosses were IG-88 and Boba Fett. And the very first level in the whole game is the freaking Battle of Hoth where you can tie up the snow speeders. And the entire soundtrack is ripped right from the movie. Very, very awesome game. Des- deserves way more attention. Of course, Mario Kart 64 is still, other than the newest Mario Kart game, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe for the Switch, I'd say Mario Kart 64 is top three. Mario Kart 8 and the the first Mario Kart DS game, and then Mario Kart 64, by far. It took everything that was fun about Mario Kart on SNES and amplified it big time. Also, Wario. Because Wario was a playable character. Uh, going down the list here, the next standout, of course, is Star Fox 64, one of my all-time favorite video games, period. Which is just a remake of Star Fox on this SNES with better hardware. In a way, yeah. And it, oh, it's so much fun. I love, love, love that game. And I used to be able to do the, the main run, the, the hardest run in the game. I was able to do it without any kind of cheats, without any kind of losing my crew. And I used to just play that just for the fun of it. And I loved it. Still love that game. Do a barrel roll. GoldenEye, 007. 
premier first-person shooter that I think everybody has played, and it it revamped the entire first-person shooter genre and took multiplayer into a new... Made it viable on console. Yes. Very, very fun game. And, of course, it's, it's a James Bond game, and it's based on a pretty good James Bond movie. It's one of the best, better ones. It's definitely the best Brosnan Bond movie, for sure. Oh, yeah. Like, that's not even a question. Each, each, the funny thing is, each, each Brosnan movie got worse than the previous one. <laughs> yep. Brosnan's is a downhill spiral. It just focus, goes downhill. Focus on 64. <laughs> uh, I know as... you guys can go on to this, these uh, gold, or not Goldeneye, but the James Bond uh, tangents. <laughs> yeah, just wait till I finally get to see No Time to Die, and we'll see a yeah, tangent. Yeah, me too. Holy shit. <laughs> uh, I've played... There's other games that I've played. I can't say much about San Francisco Rush Extreme Racing. Played it. Diddy Kong Racing, I did play. I like that it was a racing game with an actual story mode, but I felt like it was a bit more overrated than people gave it, gave it credit. <laughs> Bomberman 64, I played a lot of. That I always thought that was a lot of fun. There was two Bomberman games on 64. There were. Uh, there were three, actually. The really, really rare one I actually own, the one that's actually worth a lot of money. I actually own a copy of it. Second, oh, yeah. yeah, second attack or second wave or something. That was yeah. So the, those ones were weird because because they three th- D elements, so it looked like you were always shooting them out. Yep, yep. Uh, the, you know what the first wrestling game that came out for the N sixty four was, Dan? Uh, it was probably was it was it Virtua Pro one? No. Uh, if it was. I don't know if that came out in America. I'm only looking at the North America. Oh, Americas. yeah. The Virtuous wouldn't have come out. <laughs> yeah. It was WCW versus NWO World Tour from THQ. Yeah. That came out November 30th, 1997. That's the one where they had all the, the painted pictures of people. So you didn't really know who you were selecting. <laughs> yep. Because it was like, is an artist's interpretation instead of a picture of the person or a picture of their character in the game. It was just a drawing. And you were like, I think, I think that's Ric Flair. <laughs> uh, I rented both the Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune games when they came out. I rented them the same weekend at you know the local game they're, store. They're always good. It's just that, like... It, they're time-dated with the questions yeah. and stuff. It's also like, I don't want to spend more than five bucks on this game, like, these games, though. You play a Jeopardy game for the NES, it's like modern sports heroes. I'm like, oh, is this going to be about Bo Jackson? <laughs> because... Uh, God. Uh, I've never played Yoshi's Story. I've heard it's, it's, I've heard it's fun, but it's apparently very, very easy. But still. Now, some of the worst video games of all time have ties to the N64. Here's one of them. Mortal Kombat Mythology Sub-Zero, who everyone who's ever played it says it's just fucking awful. I've never played it, so I can't comment on it, but... I don't I... think the Mortal Kombat franchise acknowledges it, it, its existence. Like, no, I, don't think I think it's... it's, it's, it's they the... kind of buried all of those games, which I think if they went back and tried them now, they would work very well. Uh, I loved Rampage World Tour because it's just a fun game. It's just a it's just a fun platformer. The little monsters raging war. Uh, let's find some other games in here that I've actually played. Major League Baseball featuring Ken Griffey Jr. featuring the 1998 New York Yankees lineup. Dan, 
Hell yeah. Oh, I played the hell out of that. That was Joe Girardi's the starting pitcher. It's not even Jorge Posada. He's the backup catcher. I said pitcher. I meant catcher. The pitcher lineup is David Cohn, Andy Pettit, David Wells, Wells, Raul Mendoza, and Hideki Arabu. (laughs) That's the... Remember remember the Hideki Arabu thing where it was... It was like the first big pitcher from Japan where they were like, teams are... Willing to give his Japanese club $50 million just to talk to him. Right. That's not even to try to sign him. It was just to to get the introductory part before they can sign him. And it was like, holy shit. And then it came down to, it's going to be the Yankees or the Red Sox. And then the Yankees won, won that out. He signed with the Yankees. And then it was the big thing that whole week was, Robert is coming to America and his first start is... It's Friday night. <laughs> uh, and it was like the game of the week on ESPN. Daryl Strawberry he, is still a Yankee in this game. I remember that. He did okay. Uh, the Yankee team, it's um, it's Chuck Knobloch, Bernie Williams, Tino Martinez, Paul O'Neill, uh, Scott Brocious. I'm trying to remember all the Yankees that were on this team now. The, it, uh, was, it was one of Chili the best Davis. of all time. Yeah, Chili he, Davis. Um, God, I can't remember. And Jeter's like eighth on the lineup because he wasn't he wasn't a star yet. He was still pretty much he was still a youngin back then. He was still a young boy. Uh, other classics include Banjo Kazooie, that became a very popular platformer. Uh, NFL Blitz launched a whole new football franchise, arcade football franchise that was pretty popular at the time. Um, we had the F-Zero X game. There's a couple of games on here I've never even heard of that I'm as I'm, like, going down the list. And then you've got those characters that, like, like Gex and Glover and, like, those... Remember, they were like, let's make these guys mascots, and it never happened? Well, yeah, because they already had a mascot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on November 21st, 1998, a game called The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time was released. You ever heard of that game, Eric? No. What, what is it about? <laughs> uh, widely considered by many to be the greatest game of all time. It's on. You say that, and then you walk into the Water Temple. Well, okay, you said Water Temple. That counts for any game being shitty, all right? <laughs> That's not exactly a Zelda thing. Although when I think about other... Other Zelda games with water temples, like I think about Link's Awakening, and I'm like, God, I hated that fourth dungeon, and the boss was too easy to kill. You could just spam him with your sword, and he's dead. And I'm like, what about Link to the Past? I'm like, there was a water temple in the Dark World, and I remember hating that too. Didn't there be a water temple in all of them? There's always a water temple, except for like the original, original Zelda. (laughs) That's just called water. Uh, Star Wars Rogue Squadron, that was one of my favorite N64 games because that was just the flight simulator game. It was all dogfights, but you could fly A-Wings, you could fly Y-Wings, X-Wings, you could even fly V-Wings. You could fly the Naboo Starfighter before the movie came out, and you could even fly a Cadillac. And you realize that wasn't a Starfighter, that was her actual escort ship. Yes. What what was the name of the... Like Squadron Run or something like that for the GameCube. Uh, it was it was another Rogue Squadron game. I I remember because I had that too. 
Yeah, that, my yeah. issue with like flight sim games is either I'm really good at them or I'm dog shit at them. And most of the Star Wars ones. Jesus Christ! Three WCW games came out while there was only one WWF game at the time. Oh, here we go. South Park, the first person shooter South Park game, where you would whip snowballs at mutant turkeys, and it was very ambitious for what they tried. But it was and not. If you held the right button, you pissed on the snowball and then yep. threw it. And then threw it. Uh, Mario Party. The first Mario Party game just didn't age well because the AI was really shitty for it. They had to fix that with the second one, but the second one was a ton of fun, and that was a good one to play if you had your friends. Of course, the original Smash Brothers with the roster of eight that had four hidden characters that had a roster of 12. Now it has a roster of everyone, including fucking Sora. Remember, it's like, oh, Smash Brothers has some hidden characters. It didn't even exist when the first game came. Nope. And now everyone is here. Uh, looking for some more stuff here. The episode one racer game. I remember that. Ah, here we go. Superman, the new Superman Adventures, also known as Superman oh, 64, which is number one or two on everyone's worst video game of all time list, depending on if they've played E.T. or not. I own it because I had to buy a copy. And it's just as bad as you think it is. But, like, why? Because, I, I just don't understand. Because I'm a collector, Eric. I'm trying to get all of them. No, no, no. Not the collection. But, like, why put out a game that you know is it's just fucking terrible like that? Well, there a lot of... called Superman. How did Big Rigs Over the Road Racing get greenlit? When the game was completely broken. You don't even... Drive over the road. <laughs> Drake and the 99 Dragons. There's a whole bunch of games that are just infamous for being shitty, but yeah, Superman, Superman's got that reputation. Uh, remember Pokemon Snap, where you got to take pictures of Pokemon? Yeah. They make, they make a new one just now. They sure yes. did. And it's the same fucking shit. Apparently there was a bunch of Tetris games on the system them, as I'm, as I'm made- scrolling through them. Should have made this one with, like, a Polaroid, so after you take it, you gotta, like, wave it around and shit. Oh, that's right. Earthworm Jim had a 3D game on here. Okay, South Park Chef's Love Shack. That was, like, a Mario Party-style game with the South Park characters. I love this game, and I wish that this they, this game would be released somewhere with an online multiplayer element or just redone. Because it has the game show element, the questions are funny as hell. They're actual trivia questions, but with funny categories, and then the mini games are just fun. I really wish they would do something like that. That was another one that was only f- that was better if you had friends, but you could still do it by yourself. WWF WrestleMania 2000 came out September 15th, 2000, considered by many to be one of two of the quintessential pro wrestling video games that have ever been released. I haven't seen the other one yet, but I know it's on here. There was a Space Invaders game for the N64. Holy shit. There was a Monopoly game for the N64. Yeah, the more you know, people. Of course, the Pokemon Stadium games were fun because it was just the battle simulations. There it is. Bomberman 64, the second attack. It's one of the rare ones because not a lot of units were released. So I, I own it, and I know it's worth some money. Kirby 64, the Crystal Shards. If you've never played a Kirby game before, this is a really good one. They keep the side-scroller element for the Kirby game, and they do something a little different where... Instead of swallowing an enemy and gaining an ability, 
you get one of six different kinds of abilities, but then you can combine that with one of the other abilities and double up your shit. So what is six times six? 36. There were 36 different combinations you could play with. And it was like, it was like your standard elemental stuff, fire, ice, electricity, rock. I don't remember what the other two were, but you could combine that shit. The best is if you combine the rock and the electricity, he'd basically be carrying around this little yo-yo, which was just a rock attached to a lightning bolt and would just annihilate everything in its path. And it would just, he'd just kind of walk it. It would fly all over the screen and just destroy everything around it. That was always a really, really fun power-up. What the hell is Rat Attack? I never even heard of some of these games. <clears throat> uh, blah, blah, blah. Here we go. The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask released on April 27th, 2000. That is one of those love-it-or-hate-it Zelda games. Some people consider it to be the best Zelda game, and other people consider it to be awful. That is all based on your opinion of the time travel gimmick and saving the world. But... I've used that meme multiple times. Dawn of the last day, 24 hours remain. I've used that for, like, waking up for shit where you're just like, oh, crap, here we go. November 27th, 2000 was WWF. No, oh, no, I'm sorry. November 17th, 2000, WWF No Mercy. That came out on my birthday that year. Well, son of a bitch. Yeah, it came out a few months after the previous game, and it was great. Yep considered by many to be the quintessential pro wrestling video game of all time. So yeah, uh, No Mercy quintessential game, which I just mentioned, but you guys didn't hear anything I said after that because my internet cut out. <laughs> so let's try this again. Uh, no Mercy on the N64. Still one of the best wrestling games now. Yeah, it was so. a really popular one. That's a shame. I, I really do like the wrestling games where you can like make your character and stuff like that and steal moves or whatnot. I mean, and you also, can do that in all that, of them, but like this was the game that... That menu music, though. The other thing dig, was... Dig, dig, diggity Dog. The other thing about the game, though, that I remember was really popular was it was easy to pick up and play. It had easy controls. And I think that's a problem that a lot of people have with some of the modern games, that a lot of these games try too hard to be too realistic, and some people just want to pick up and play oh, game. Also talk about earlier that same generation, they're making wrestling games, and they're like, we'll just make them like fighting games. And it's like, so how do I hit my finisher? And it's like, it looks like a fatality in Mortal Kombat. you got to put in a whole bunch of different shit. And it's like, nah, it's not like that. This is a wrestling game. Not a fighting game. Yeah. Uh, and eventually, by that point, they realized, oh, it should just be one or two buttons pressed at the same time. <laughs> Hit your finisher. Uh, sp- <laughs> old Tekken strategy. <laughs> so speaking of wrestling games, less than a month after No Mercy came out, WCW Backstage Assault came out. You ever heard of this game, Eric? No. It featured the entire top roster of WCW at the time and had absolutely no ring. It was all backstage fights. Everything was backstage. Which in itself wasn't bad, but it was a wrestling game. With no ring. It's like making a baseball game with no baseball field. If you build it, they will come. Well, they in didn't. Their pants. They didn't. Everybody <laughs> hated that game. It will be a 
pretty poor game. <laughs> uh, at the very, very end of the console's lifespan in 2001, not a lot of games got released, but two absolute classics came out. Paper Mario, which launched an entire new genre that's still going today, and Conker's Bad Fur Day, the, the mature game by Rare, which some people say tanked Rare's popularity and others say improved it, depending on who you talk to. Since Conquer was originally supposed to be a, you know, kids game. A standard adventure, like Mario 64 style 3D platformer. And trying to make him be the mascot for Rare. Because Conquer is in Diddy Kong Racing, and he's just yes. a happy squirrel. And there is a Conquer Game Boy game where he's just a little squirrel going on a little adventure. Yep. Uh, Pokemon Stadium 2 came out in 2001 that had the gold and silver roster. And fun trivia fact, the console pretty much ended in 2001, but one game came out in August 2002 and was the final Nintendo 64 game released. And that was Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3. So Tony Hawk got to be the final... The final piece of the franchise. Even though there hasn't been a game in nearly two years on that system. Yep. Pro Skater 2 came out a year before, August 2001. And they released the third one for the N64 anyway. Uh, The other final games in the N64's library were NFL Blitz Special Edition, Powerpuff Girls, Chemical Extraction, and Razor Freestyle Scooter. If you ever wanted to play a Razor Scooter game. So there you go. I, I have a I have a goal to do the collection, and you, you can't emulate N sixty four games. You got to actually play them off the console. It just they do not emulate well. Uh, something that the Nintendo Switch is learning the hard way. But fortunately, they have said before that they are aware of the issues and they are working to fix them. So we'll see. Hi, this was a loaded episode, guys. Yeah, it was. What's coming mm-hmm. up this week? Um, what is Chris's going on? birthday? That's this coming week. That is Wednesday, yeah. as a matter of fact. I've taken the day off of work because I refuse to work on my birthday. Uh, I guess we can do something fun for next week's show, where. Because it's my birthday, I'll, we can try to come up with some fun stuff to discuss. Or anybody got any ideas? Or you want to take the week to think about it? I think we should talk about like what we're gonna eat for Thanksgiving. Prep a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it is our pre-Thanksgiving episode as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, probably a lot of the same stuff a lot of people are gonna eat. So, yeah, but you know, like maybe you have your weird family things where you make the one thing way different. We, we should like, discuss, like, different food things. Like, do you guys like stuffing? Yes. Stuffing is a number one. Now, do you like stuffing on the side, or do you like stuffing actually stuffed into, like, the turkey? Well, you stuff it in the turkey, and then you take it out, so it's technically on the side anyway. <laughs> well, yeah, but, like, you know, one Where? is... Wait, are we doing this now or next week? Cause... We'll do it next week. We'll do it. Next... <laughs> but like, that's that's the kind of thing that I want to talk about. Okay. 
All right. There you go. How we prep our food. What kind of food? Is it better to have leftovers? Is the leftovers better than the actual the main meal? That kind of thing. We should do a... Uh, we should do a... Um, a roast for the entertainment challenge and have everybody roast me or roast something that I love that they know that I love. Oh, we can do oh, a, a, okay. a birthday, a birthday top birthday related top 10. Are you? Uh, or yeah, Thanksgiving you, related top 10. If you come up with, if you come up with something before Monday, yeah, we'll do that. All right. Well, this has been fun guys. Other than my Next little, time other than tech issues, which by the way, can we talk about how much I, I cannot stand that element of podcasting as much as I love doing this show and I love being a podcaster. I hate the tech stuff that goes with it. Hate it. Hate, uh, it, hate it. Yeah. This would be a lot easier if we actually like lived in the same state or we just met up somewhere and we could record and not ha- not need internet. You know what I mean? Yep. Plus- Plus the audio quality would be oh wow top notch, but you know we Future make do. Goals. Future goals, we'll get there. We all just got it. We got we got to find a way to just get to the same the same place, and it doesn't have to be any of the states we're currently in, right? It could be somewhere completely different. It just unfortunately that takes us having enough money to to for it to be worth for us to <laughs> live near each other to get an actual place to do stuff. <laughs> But it's not impossible. It's achievable. But you, you can't do that until you make a bunch of money. And you can't make a bunch of money until you do that. All we got to do is, all we have to do is get two of us to find jobs where we can work remotely and they don't care where we're actually working from. <laughs> That's all we and need to do. To Tokyo. And then move to the third person's location. Or all three of us do it and we're just like, fuck it, let's go find a, let's go find a cabin in the woods that just happens to be near like a Wi-Fi tower. It has to exist. That's somewhere. what that one of my one of my favorite YouTubers has shit internet in his house, and he literally sits under a tower to upload his videos. Yeah, why not? <laughs> why not? It's one way to do it. Alrighty, so uh, we'll see you guys next week. Uh, I will be a year older, but definitely not a year wiser. Because you, you know, say that now. And you know, you know what age I'm hitting, right? Six to nine. Well, it's another nice number, but it's only nice <laughs> if you know the reference. Thirty-seven. Yep. <laughs> In a row. That's how many times I've gone around the sun. Try not to get any older on your way to the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I try not to get older, I'd be dead. So. All righty. Well, I will see y'all next week. Yeah, I'm getting ready to pass out. Yeah, everybody take care. Bye-bye. See ya. This has been another episode of The Nerd Table on CKCC Radio. Check out all the shows at CKCCRadio.com and make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode.